0: It's all
1: just really going to be indicative on what happens tomorrow. Um, The scenarios that I see playing out is if uh, Powell comes out and he's very hawkish and he gives comments like leading towards that they're going to continue to raise interest rates and not back down to 50, maybe another 75 or even hotter. We're going to see a big snap down and then a really big sell-off through the end of the day. It'll look like a big red ramp. Um, Down. Uh, (laughs) Not the ramp you like. Not the kind of ramp you like. Uh, Flipping that on its head... We could open down and Powell could make comments that, yeah, we're going to get this interest rate hike going, but we're actually seeing indicators that some of the mechanisms and tools we've been using are working. So we're going to consider maybe pulling back to a smaller rate hike in the future, a rate hike for sure, but a smaller one so we don't have to hike interest rates too hot and heavy.
0: What's going on, guys? Welcome into Money Moves Media, your host, my co-host, Mr Breedwell. What's up, y'all. We cover all things. Of course, your favorite, all things money, but real estate investing stocks and personal finance to help you on your wealth building journey. How was the Halloween? It was good. I had about
1: uh I'm gonna have to say I had about 50 to 70 That's pretty good. trick-or-treaters. It was pretty lit at the uh at the skyline. Um, did you guys hand bad. out, like, were you the house that was handing out the giant candy bars? No. So I remember I was gone this, like, past week, most of the week, and I told my wife, I was like, hey, maybe we can get some candy bars. She's not a big candy person. So I, uh, when I got back, there was no candy in the house. So I ran down to save Martin and scrounged what I could, but I did have fun size Butterfinger, Kit Kat. Ooh, Ooh, Crunch Bar.
0: I haven't had a Butterfinger in a minute. Dude, they're so I used so to go good. in on the Butterfinger. Except
1: they do have. It's a new company that owns them. You know the company uh, Ferrero Rocher. Yeah, they own them now. It's not owned by the old. So it's oh fancy. And people got pissed off because they use like higher quality ingredients, so it tastes a little different and higher quality. I I I might, I might be here for it, but it's delicious. So yeah, we had that. Um, I passed out so much candy, it was insane. It was literally I had a line down my driveway to my mailbox.
0: So you're looking at a basket of candy. Which one are you taking out? Of of those ones that I said, just in general, what's what's your go to? What's the best candy? Butterfinger. In the game? I like
1: Butterfingers and Kit Kats. Butterfinger. I oh, see you and Marie are all about that Kit Kat hype. Why are they all about it? I said Butterfinger and Kit Kat. Yeah, okay, it's right. a chocolate wafer. I'm all about the Twix.
0: Twix. Twix. I didn't have any Twix. There's no Twix. That's a VIP candy. Okay. Well, I'm saying in the game, what oh, is the best candy oh, you're going score for? Score bar. A score bar. Yeah,
1: let me get some grandma on you, some grandma knowledge. What the fuck knowledge. is a score bar? Uh, it's the toffee.
0: This chocolate-covered <laughs> toffee. On, yeah, um, <laughs> you are going grandma on Butter and sugar and salt with chocolate. Oh, tone, what know. are you picking? Uh, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of Twix. 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 Right or Twix, left Twix? Butterfinger. Left. Left.
1: You know the funniest question I got when I was in Napa with the uh, with the group? where I was with some uh, Millionaire Mindcast listeners that are clients and um shout out to uh andrew and teddy and the whole group they were literally asking like who's tone who's the tone guy i was like tone low you're talking about um macaroni tony he's he just sits behind uh behind the
0: computer he, oh okay he makes all the magic happen yeah like yeah so you know you're famous now tom in 2022 consumers in the united states were expected to spend an all-time high of $10.6 billion for the Halloween season. Compared to 2021... Not. I think they spent less, probably. An increase of about half a billion dollars. Really? There's candy left over at all the stores I went to. That's why I said that. Maybe the costumes were more this year. It may be. But that is... Talking about consumerism and the way we are built. Mm, I mean, I love it. before... Halloween was even over. I'm already seeing. Dude, there's
1: Christmas lights on Christmas my street already. stuff
0: everywhere. Getting your boy kind of hyped. I'm not going to lie. Dude, the people on my street literally, Christmas.
1: we like got done, flipped on their Christmas lights. See? It's a real deal up in there.
0: Well, today's November 1st. we got a great show for you guys. We're going to be covering what is going on with the current market rally. Yep. We have a shortage of some fuel that is very critical that could spell some problems for supply chain for products for other endeavors inside of our economy. We've got an update on job openings, unemployment, consumer confidence. More earnings have been coming out I feel like and I you a consumer confidence picture too. You got what?
1: It right here. Yeah, there we go. Did I send that to you?
0: No, I don't know if you did, but Perfect. Um we will be, uh, of course, getting you guys an update on what's going on in the real estate market as well. So that being said, Mr. Breedwell, current uh, rally. Yes. How you feeling about what we're seeing in the market right now? I'm feeling,
1: I'm gonna send this to you real quick so you can pull up on your computer. Um, I'm feeling like I don't mind when the market goes up because nobody minds when the market goes up. How sticky do I think it is? Well, I think tomorrow that the CPI number is gonna come out. They're gonna see a snap back down Um, because it's going to surprise some people. I have no idea what people those are, not any of my clients. What are we going to see tomorrow? 75 basis point hike. Yep. No doubt. Um, We're starting to hear more whispers of people saying that that 50 basis point and then potentially that 25 basis point is starting to become more likely. They're seeing that scenario play out, even though there's still these negative things like we're going to get into here in just a second. Um, But the overall inflationary numbers... The nice thing is that that's indicative of inflationary numbers being down is the i-bonds rate that was just announced. They it, it kind of will track. It goes really close in line with CPI. Last i-bonds rate was like 9.68%, it's down to 6. I think 6. So that's going to tell you there's there's less heat in the yield market, which means there's less inflationary pressures for the long term. Um, where is it going to come down in? I don't know. And the problem is because of how CPI and core CPI are being calculated, the areas that are still hot are the ones that are, being, are in, the, in the calculation. So that's why you see a lot of people arguing like, hey, if you, if you update this and you put in things that are actually more true to nature of what's actually going on, we get a lot different outlook than what is being given to the Fed, but the Fed unfortunately makes, um, makes their decisions based off the core CPI numbers. So until those areas come back down, that is kind of a big hole in our ship that will keep it not from um, moving so fast uh, for the time being. Um, Tomorrow when uh, they they give their kind of speech, I'm going to be listening very careful to kind of like what they'll obviously give us kind of a cookie or a breadcrumb trail. If they don't go hard on being so hawkish, meaning, because the last time I talked to he's like, hey, I'm going hard and heavy. Yep. And they maybe lighten up and say, hey, there's potential for us to be dovish. That will say, great. We can put a check mark that there's still some potential for us to have a soft landing. But if they are continuing to say, hey, we're going to drive rates up, there's going to be some magic that has to happen um, for that to be that catalyst to be offset by another catalyst, maybe multiple smaller catalysts, I don't know. I don't think election news would offset uh, costs continuing to go up because then you have to give credence to where the data will start pointing you to. Right now it's kind of anybody's best guess and it's all up in the air and it's all theory, so nobody really knows. Um, But I'll take a little market rally, I'll take 9%. Uh, We get paid dividends that whole time, that money gets invested. it's still a good time to buy, which is the great thing. Almost like when the, um, I saw some news that uh, the real estate market is, you know, another person saying that they really do think the real estate market's going to probably rebound sometime between spring and summer of next year, which is good, which means that this would be a good time to be very, you know, sharp and tactful, but also a good time to be buying quality deals. When people can't afford them and you can afford to write out eight months of higher interest rates or a year and a half of higher interest rates, knowing that interest rates will likely go back down. So um interesting times to be an
0: investor in all sorts of things. Man, in so many different ways, right? Yeah, like yeah. if this doesn't force you into the kitchen to, you know, work on your craft and get better in the areas that are absolutely required, I don't know what will cuz yeah. I don't I mean I personally, and as I've talked to many of my mentors who've been, and I know you've got a lot of financial mentors that have been through many different yeah. market cycles. Yep. This one is unlike anything we've seen.
1: It is not. We've never had... So we've had this these pressures in the past at the same time, but never with a market like this, You know where we do things today that we didn't do 30 years ago, didn't mm-hmm. do 70 years ago, didn't do 100 years ago. So yeah, it's like a first time. It's literally... Um, I like to take the view of riding a bike for the first time. So I'm, there's going to be some scraped knees and some bruises, but it's eventually going to be fun. Um, that's probably, that's probably where we're at right now. That, that is the thing that I would encourage people and Matt can even tell you this because it happens just again, slower and a a lot more, um, uh, it's foretelling. It's like, Hey, this is about to happen in the real estate market. It just happens a lot faster in the stock market with these downturns. Yeah. And so it's a lot more painful. And then there's a live ticker every single day on your account that you can see. They don't do that in real estate so much, right? You get monthly reports on Zillow. Mm-hmm. It'll tell you what it thinks it is based on even comps. Even then it's still all even very it's laggy all, data. Exactly. So um, everything is losing money right now. That means it's a good time to buy quality assets that are, are way oversold, are being beat up for no good reason. Um, and there's lots of things like that. Uh, we just had that, uh, the green coffee deal offering. That was a really good one. Houston got slurped up really quick. That was a very good deal. There's still gems sitting out there. I think we've said it before that the bull market doesn't disappear. It just goes somewhere else. Yep. I could even go further and say money doesn't disappear unless you go to the casino. Um, <laughs> it just goes somewhere else. It, it finds a place to go. In lesser quantities to regain itself via yield or in similar quantities in money market accounts, but it doesn't just disappear, it just goes somewhere else. So, um, just got to be patient
0: and um, proactive in looking for those areas. Yeah, I think proactive is the key word of like just leaning in and doing the work that is necessary right now and, you know, do the things that you know you need to do well before you think you really need to do them. yeah. At least right now. You know, what everybody was kind of sitting back, fat and happy, making money on accident, making money on purpose, but nobody really had their feet held to the fire. No. Like it has felt over the last six, nine, 12 months. And ultimately, I believe it's going to be like that for the next 12, 24 months. But those are the times that when you get in and do the real hard work, you're going to get a much greater multiple ROI on your time and your energy that you put in for that hard work that nobody can take away from you mm-hmm. and are often times when most people are laying down. And so I'm excited. I think now more than ever, right, it's just investing in yourself, investing in your community, investing in your, you know, the, your, your mentors, your relationships, because it's, you're going to have to do hard work in some facet, you know, it's, Who do you want to do the hard work with and what do you want to do the hard work on? And those are the things that I would be asking myself the question around, which is really why you know going back through the financial x-ray with you, if you guys have been taking advantage of the portfolio x-ray that Ryan and his team can do on your investments, um, I think now more than ever, one of those critical times, I'm taking full inventory of everything that's going on. And looking at, one, how do we continue to dollar-cost average our way through and stay invested in the market? Absolutely. But also, what do we think, you know, based on some of the theories that we have is on the horizon? And how do we continue to fundamentally execute on the plan? Then, obviously, in the real estate vertical, what are the opportunities that I think are coming there? I mean, you have to take some theory – and some foreshadowing of the future based on everything we know now and create some plan that you know you can consistently execute on. But right now it's constantly, um, frequently revisiting it, right? Yeah. The past is for sure indicative.
1: It's just not a guarantee of what the future will hold. And so that's the key um, that people have to remember for the good and the bad. The past, something doing good in the past does not mean it's going to do good in the future. And something doing bad in the past doesn't mean it's going to do that bad or or not as bad in, in, in future circumstances. Um, I think the one thing that's going to shock people is that the recovery rate on this, uh, when this uh, market does rebound, it's not going to be 2020. It's not going to be this V-shaped recovery. It'll take a year and a half to two years for people yeah. to make their money back that haven't been buying. I'm talking about just the assets that fell and they don't, You come back. If you buy during that time, it's much quicker because you average your balance down. So your cost basis is not all the way up here. It's a little bit further down here. So that's, again, it's going to be a lot of people's first time doing the hard thing, but it won't be the first time for people that like went through 2008. So that's why I think you see less. You saw a lot of like boomers and older freak out during that time. They're less freaked out a lot of them are more educated. They use more annuity products nowadays, more fixed insurance products nowadays. And so there's a lot more guarantees built into their retirement income streams. They're not they're not just riding the stock market up all the way. It's the people that are freaking out are younger people who have been so used to this easy, I'm going to buy anything that I buy and I'm going to make a ton of money on it. Now I can go buy, you know, meme stocks. I can go buy you know, cryptos, I can name come rocket and make, you know, 2000% of my, it's just (laughs) stupid stuff like that. It's pure speculation. That stuff is now gone. And that was why it was so annoying when it was happening for me when people like, Oh yeah, well i made you know, I made 355% on Bitcoin in 2000 and and 20. And I'm like, well, yeah, but a lot of people made those types of rate of returns on a lot of different assets. That doesn't mean Bitcoin is going to be good here. Or I bought a bunch of Tesla, and I've made a ton of money on Tesla. Well, eventually that, that that cow has to come home. I mean, does you can't just continuously make profits like that. You eventually have sold a car to a first-time buyer and they may not be a second-time buyer. You can't just say, oh, hey, I'm just going to indefinitely sell, sold to that person once and so they're now a lifetime buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine if like Apple said, oh, you bought an iPhone from me, so now everybody's only going to buy an iPhone. They have to continuously change and update the product to make it attractive to new and uh, current customers. So... Um, I think there's a lot of variables going on in the world right now that are making it very interesting, especially the geopolitical risks that we're dealing with over in Europe. Yep, um, but opportunity per- is is normally shielded by you know fear or. Or something like that. You just have to be brave and push through those times and know that there's going to be a 2020 hindsight at some point. And you don't want to be the people in 2009 in my world of 2010 saying, shit, I wish I would have actually done XYZ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like right here, I can't see what I can see here, but it it would have worked. It just wouldn't have been fun to do it during that time. And that's fine. Nobody says it's fun to watch your account balances dwindle,
0: uh, see real estate going upside down. When you're playing the long-term game, though, it makes it a lot easier Easier. to truly trust in that process. I heard the other day, I thought, uh, because I've been hearing a lot of people of like, they're they're talking about the past or they're fearful about the future and they're ultimately just robbing themselves of controlling the controllables in the present. And one of the quotes that I love is a, a wise man once said, if you're angry, it's because you're living in the past. And if you're fearful, it's because you're living in the future. But when you're at peace that's when you know you're living in the present. And the present can create a lot of chaos and turmoil and, you know, emotions for people. Mm -hmm. But when you can get rooted in really just the reality of what you can control and what's going on right now and not worry about too much in the future and too much in the past, it, it is a very empowering thing because it allows you to maximize the moment that you're in while still keeping a much longer term picture at, you know, in mind as you start making the present decisions. So as you're going through tomorrow, take us through what I'm curious, a day in the life of Breedwell, what tomorrow is your day going to look like leading up to the Fed meeting? What are you listening for from Papa Pal? And, you know, ultimately, what is the ramifications on the market if they really don't hint or those whispers of some softening or pivot coming in the near future, how does the market respond? I think that
1: if we uh, I think we're an open down. Um I haven't looked at futures market or anything. Market just closed a couple hours ago. I think we'll end down uh open down, excuse me. Um It's all just really going to be indicative on what happens tomorrow. Um, The scenarios that I see playing out is if uh, Powell comes out and he's very hawkish and he gives comments like leaning towards that they're going to continue to raise interest rates and not back down to 50, maybe another 75 or even hotter, we're going to see a big snap down and then a really big sell-off through the end of the day. It'll look like a big red ramp. Um, Down. Uh, (laughs) Not the ramp you like. Not the kind of ramp you like. Uh, Flipping that on its head... We could open down, and, and Powell could make comments that, yeah, we're going to get this interest rate hike uh, going. But we're actually seeing indicators that some of the mechanisms and tools we've been using are working. So we're going to consider maybe pulling back um, to a smaller rate hike in the future. A rate hike for sure, but a smaller one, so we don't have to hike interest rates too hot and heavy. That I then think you would see, um, like on a, I trade on, I trade on a five minute candles when I. Uh, or trade, I look at five-minute candles. When I look at the market, that gives me a good idea of what's going on. I think you'd see a very large green candle. Wouldn't you say so, yeah. a Tone? Large green candle, mega, mega candle, or a green ramp. Um, in a line sense, that would kind of go like, it would probably go up, down, up, and it would just keep going up, and it would go, and it would go, and it would go, and that would probably continue through. It'd probably flutter down towards the end of the day. And then you get uh, institutional volume to kind of sputter it out. And you'd probably get a nice hot green finger right at the end of the day for if you were looking at your candles. I'm um, sorry for talking about candles so much. You sound like daddy Yankee over here, Yankee Candleman. Those are the two scenarios I see playing out. Which one do I think is going to happen? I think that I don't know because there's like pretty good there's lots of data that says that they could definitely say
0: it feels like there's a perfect storm for both. Yeah, that's the
1: uh, that's the honest problem right now. I normally give you guys an opinion. I can see both of them happening. I, um, what I do think, I hear? Let me. What do I hope that happens? I don't think they're gonna I pivot. hope he comes out and, and like literally looks like like the tenth disciple of Jesus who <laughs> opens a cage full <laughs> of white does and says, "This is my speech." And just May. walks out. I hope he does that. Um, I do think it's best for the economy if we just stop raising
0: interest rates because, I mean, they took a... What what does continuing... This has been an an interesting topic and conversation lately. I don't know. What does continuing raising interest rates do when the responses to what it it has already been... getting better. Right. I...
1: Thank you, Matt. I couldn't agree fucking more. Yeah. Obviously, it's not really working too much. It's slowing down the economy in some areas, Mm -hmm. but it's not really doing... And that, to me, is because it's not a true recession. Because if it was a true recession, the areas of the market that are, that are doing good should not be doing good. So I think, again, they are attacking this with just the wrong tool. Right, I think uh, right. there's a different way to do it. There's a way to do it in a different way. And because we have never done this, I don't think we know how to handle it. And that's fair to say. It's totally okay. We didn't know how to handle 2008. Trust me. They'd figured it out in back rooms with your money. Um, so to me, I feel like there's more, there's less rope to hang yourself on the side where you say, Hey, why don't
0: we just let the market do what it's going to do and then mm-hmm. figure yourself out? Like we always have. Yeah. Cause right now it feels like the analogy that I'm giving is it feels like the tool to solve the problem is fucking the market up. And that's not true. And, and, and they believe that. Inflation is going to get curbed by raising rates, but what we're seeing is that's not happening. No, and so they're trying to use, uh, you know, a hammer to screw in a screw right now, and so Which could eventually it's, happen. <laughs> eventually, it theoretically the... it's possible. Yeah, it's theory, but at the possibly. end of the day, it's not the right tool, and it's not that tool is not going to get the movement. To get that outcome, right? So what they're trying to do right now doesn't feel like it's ultimately having the impact that they want it to have. So my, this is again, just my opinion. I don't think they're gonna pivot tomorrow. I hope they pivot tomorrow. I Literally. I feel like what they've been doing and the responses that have been happening as a result of it, they should pivot Going, these rates are ultimately not accomplishing. Do you know a song, Spiderman?
1: I don't want to tell you how I'm feeling. I'm telling you, negative. Going back there, I I get
0: uh, what's the dude's name that sings that song? I don't know his name. He's up in here. I don't even know what fucking song that was, but I just liked hearing you sing it. That's (laughs) good. that was good. (laughs) If you guys know what that song is, text it into us eight four 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 seven fifteen fifty five. But it feels like, right, a lot of these, uh, the areas of the market that are still out of control are not being determined by them or impacted by them raising rates.
1: I, I agree. And the areas that they are impacting are not impactful enough. Exactly. So I already think if they just leave rates where they at are, are at currently, housing prices will continue to come down. People will stop buying houses at such a crazy rate, and that will slowly bake itself into inflation. And then people will eventually... Holidays are coming up. People are going to spend all their damn money on things they shouldn't, on discretionary areas. They're not really going to have a ton of money to spend it on used cars. Um, The thing that I do see is a lot of these... They did a lot of those like teaser rates like they did in 2008 with like balloon payments Mm -hmm. on these car loans, and then the values go down and it increases the payment faster. Um, We're seeing a lot of repos in the 100%. used car market I right said now. it like a few episodes ago. I don't know if we can find it. The bubble is in the auto loan industry. That's and, where it's at. Any concerns there? It's not big enough. Not no, big enough? No, not big enough. The loans are not big enough. They don't back those. Those are like high yield debt. So that's like sh- shitty debt. Uh, it's not a paper.
0: So oil...
1: Oil is way, right, way back up again today. So that's also... Not what I want to see. The day before the Fed meeting, they well, literally will change on a pivot like that. If they see that kind of stuff, it's they have to. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: well, especially in, there's been a lot of headline news around diesel fuel shortage. Yes, I think and we have like less than twenty three some, weeks, twenty, we have 20 we have like something days
1: supply left in the United States right now. I mean,
0: w- just like w- what happens there?
1: You know, we, we could just start taking it out of the ground. We're walking on it. It's almost like the, the etage of people like, oh yeah, I have a $3 million house, I paid it off. What do you have for retirement savings? Nothing. Hmm. Just walking on your money. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: Yep. That sounds good. It's I almost, mean,
1: that's like what we're doing.
0: And the, this is maybe just one small example of one of those factors that I feel like is just not stable at all. It's not under control. They don't have their hands wrapped around it because you, you talk about this, right? We'll talk about pain at the pump for just the average consumer. But then you now start talking about now we're having diesel fuel issues, which I don't know if y'all know what they put in those big trucks that deliver your food and pretty much every good and service around this entire country logistically is diesel. So now you start fucking with that entire supply chain and you know, that's just one example, right, of like one domino Domino. toppling and all of a sudden we've got bigger issues that ripple into other sectors and areas of the economy that create bigger issues, more volatility, more uncertainty of are we headed in the right direction? Are we headed towards another recession? What does this look like for 2023? And that's what makes this challenging, right, to really like, plant your flag on one hill being that, yeah, this, some of these things in your world, it, it seems like the the web of our economy is much more convoluted, I guess, than it was previously with some of the variables that are in play this go around. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network
1: Yeah, and there's just a lot of, like I said, a lot of those factors due to COVID. Um, Excuse me. I just think that there's a lot of blood in the streets right now. And all I know to do is when that's happening and I can afford to do it, I just buy. Yep. And I buy good stuff. Um, you got to tighten the belt. You got to be way more prudent on when you pick up. You have to be careful on not overcommitting yourself to taking opportunity cost off the table for opportunities that pop up. Um, but this is for the time where you make yourself a millionaire or a multimillionaire in five years. And there's no easy way to do it. A lot of the people that were gurus or you saw on the internet or stuff in this past little cycle, they got rich in the last downturn in COVID. Um, so if it gets, shows you that it, you know that's a short-term case and a lot of those people fizzled out because they didn't invest their money wisely, but that's how people get wealthy. When turmoil happens, wealth is created because people take advantage of that. Um, look at the Clintons. I mean, shit, they're literally, they own a disaster relief. They literally make money every time there's a, there's a natural disaster. They figured it out. Um, you just make, whenever there's opportunity or turmoil, that's the time where opportunity is because people are in fear and they make irrational decisions. Right now, I would argue that if you bought Microsoft at where it's at, you would be silly to say Microsoft's not going to be worth more in the future. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a cheap, high quality stock. There's a lot of that around. There's a ton of it around. And if you want to speculate, a lot of the companies that you could speculate with, there's quality areas to speculate in. Like in my opinion, for some of my clients, for myself personally, I would think that I would like to speculate towards more cannabis stock. That's an area that's speculative but has potential, like, quali- like quality, quantifiable potential. Maybe you could speculate there and actually make money. So... um it's just like I said, it's a fun time to be an investor. You shouldn't be scared when stuff like this happens. You should be thankful for the opportunity and you need to take advantage of it or else you're just going to be like everybody else. You get scared when it's time to act and then when it's when you can see that you should have, you're just going to bitch and moan about it to everybody else that did.
0: They don't come around very often. And I don't know. I mean, I I would, if I were you if I'm myself right now, which is ultimately what I'm doing, I'm looking at every opportunity to increase the return on equity that I have. If it's not general, if it's locked up and I can't tangibly benefit from it and it's, you know, I'll give you an example. One of my rental properties in West Sacramento, you know, has Ooh. a couple hundred thousand in equity on it. Quality. My, mor- my mortgage payment is a thousand bucks. You know, I'm, in a, I think, 3.125 interest rate. And while I could sit on that for 30 years, the cash flow on it's like 800 bucks. And you I'm could going,
1: sell it, and it would take you a long time to get, you know? And I'm
0: going, what could I do with that $200,000 in equity with what I think is coming up in terms of identifying double digit returns? So looking at, you know, your equity that you might have or your overall portfolio of, some of the areas that you might have a good chunk of capital that's maybe not producing you as high of the returns as you'd like, a good time to potentially, I'm going to pay tax on that and I'm going to sit on the cash. Yep. Now, do I like the thought of you know paying taxes at the level I know I'm going to pay them? No. No. But the opportunity cost as I went and really assessed what that looks like makes total sense to be able to have you know, the ability to move that money into something else with the opportunities that I know are coming in this marketplace that I don't want to have those restrictions on me. And then there's other things that are just going to consistently, fundamentally continue to happen no matter what. But looking at all of those things right now, knowing that this window, let's say, you know, recession-wise, what do we say data? You know, it was like the shortest one was six, uh, seven I think the shortest one was 2020. Yeah. Literally,
1: I'm not kidding you. I think that is. It, it was. I think it was uh, 4.8 months or something like that.
0: And then, you know, most on average or. Like and the longest was like 37 months. Yeah. We'll say 12 to 24 months. 14 ish. months
1: is the average.
0: So if you're looking at 12 months to change your life what are you going to do differently this go-around to take advantage of that? For real. It's not going to come just slap you up in the head, you know, side of the head and be like, I'm going to make you a lot of money. No. I mean, it's you You hear about all the stories after all is mm. said and done and we're looking back in the rearview mirror and, you know, everything is 50-50 hindsight. Well, the people who ultimately are the success stories that are on podcasts, that are coming out with programs, that are, you know, talking about, all of the winnings in their bag, the, they're the people who got to work right now, knowing what's coming.
1: And you know, do you know some of the ones that
0: were there? How fucking stupid they were. <laughs>
1: oh, most of them. Well, that's the thing, Look right? At I, how easy it is. You just have to be brave. I. That is why. Have you why, ever seen the cartoon movie Fivel?
0: Go watch that. It'll inspire you. The little mouse. Five goes west. Yeah, go watch that. I'm telling you. One of my favorite quotes, though, and I think this is so applicable to most people i mean outside of the people who have massive iq and i know he's not your favorite person but robert kiyosaki wrote a book a called bitch. why c- why i'm such a excuse me why why <laughs> a students work for c students it's uh, the c students are the ones who as i say are dumb enough to believe in themselves and smart enough to take action on that belief and the a students are oftentimes the one oh. who are so smart too smart for their own good yep that they trick themselves into playing small, that they don't end up capitalizing on the things that life ultimately has, the world is their oyster, but they are too scared to believe in themselves to take some of the risks that ultimately the dumb people unlock because they're just so dumb and confident that they're gonna take action and along the way, they figure it out. So if you're one of the smart people that can also have confidence, that can also surround themselves with the right people, that can also have good strategies and plans and just consistently execute over the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, it is absolutely impossible for you to not be worth at least 10 mil. At least, which may be worth less than 10 million today, but it's still 10 million. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I know for you and I, right, DECA and then plus, then plus, then plus is a goal just because... We know that if we stay on the path that we're on, not doing anything too crazy, it's just going to happen, well, not on accident, it's going to happen on purpose. Yeah, naturally. So that's where I think, you know, again, taking in all this data, being a part of these conversations with us, if you guys aren't coming to any of the events or want to know more about the events, text the word events to our um, 844-447-1555, we got our next Napa Wealth Wine and Dine event coming up. Red carpet getting rolled out. It's gonna be amazing. We'll we have more the, information on that coming up. Now if you would like to.
1: I think we should tell them now. Go ahead. It's uh we're taking the I think we got a few people we're gonna take uh for the next two weeks, I probably believe. So this week and next, people sending into that events line. Uh we have eight spots open. It's fifteen hundred dollars per ticket per person that covers all your food, all your expense, all your travel, minus you need to get your own hotel room and you need to get there and get back. Um, We'll have it a little bit refined from the last event. Um, But December 10th, come out, hang out with us, meet some cool people. The last event was awesome. I mean, really, 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 really top-notch,
0: really fun time. Farm to fork, private chef diamond stitch seating in the Mercedes Sprinter van, private you know tours and tastings, wine caves, meeting with winery owners, talking some real business shop and investing. And we got some, as Ryan said, some kind of exciting upgrades from the last event. Yep. So they'll just continue to get better and better. But what can that $1,500 investment do for your next 12 months, right? What can one of those conversations what can one of those relationships? What can one strategy? One habit? Yeah, dis, one inspiring right? Distillery
1: Re- owners. I mean, we
0: had probably yeah apartment developers. Apartment developers. I mean, you got cannabis. I mean, there was there was and, and again these are these are all vetted people. So if you do want to know more about that, just text the word events um, to uh, join us on that as we. You know, start talking a little bit more about, you know, some more of the data that came out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, job openings increased 10.7 yeah. million in September. It's like negative good news. Negative good news. And yeah. talk about well, what does that mean and why?
1: It just, it, um, that is one of the CPI, in you know, influencers. We want job openings to be slowing down and that will bake into the CPI numbers. So that's, that's just going to work against us. Not that that's bad news that there's available jobs for people who want work because that's a great thing. Um, Just right now, that's not a good thing. It's uh, almost like uh, cake at eight o'clock in the morning. Cake is not a bad thing overall, but maybe dessert at eight o'clock in the morning is just a little bit too rich. Not a great time for it. It's just not the right thing at the right time. So um, the Jolts report was bad. Now flipping that on its head to counteract that the construction spending report was a beat by 80 basis points. It was expected to be down a little over half a percent and it was up Mm -hmm. 0.2%. That is not me and Matt both were talking about there. We were like, what the hell? Um, Because that doesn't really make a ton of sense considering that new home starts are down. But then we did see a bump in permits in october so that could be kind of in line with those permits for october i would guess that that's going to be apartment buildings i don't think a, that,
0: a lot of it is there's yeah, there's, there's, there's more apartment buildings for that under more apartment units under construction right now than there are housing. So and there's a, a lot of rezoning of
1: commercial areas to keep your eye out for this because we even talked about it and we have no influence on real estate but there's a lot of rezoning of commercial areas to be residential right now going across the united states everywhere Um, that's going to present a lot of opportunity, especially in a market like we potentially are in, especially if it's never been done there. So, you know, lots of crazy good stuff.
0: Residential spending is 35% above the bubble peak. In nominal terms, not adjusted for inflation, non-residential spending is 28% above the bubble era peak in January of 2008. Public construction spending is 11% above the peak in March 2009. So... Interesting on a year over year basis, private residential construction spending is up 12.7%. So, right now, I mean, it's just part of why that spending, in my opinion, is you've got commodity and labor inflationary right. costs yeah. getting passed right. Th- I mean, it, if you, it has if you,
1: because yeah. it doesn't make sense why they would, it's like,
0: well, because when you look at the amount of units, I mean, the Delta there is not massive, no. So,
1: not for those types of companies, for right? Yeah, for maybe like a small builder, like
0: me and you, building twenty houses. Sure, hell yeah, yeah. But but, but for them, back. no. So when you think about that, I mean, just That's let's talk about up. inflation. That's I mean, that they're literally me. that that you 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 chop inflation out of that number, and it's up a little bit, but not anything drastic.
1: Yep, it's literally like nine percent of that twelve.
0: So. We've got uh, coming out tomorrow, of course, the Fed's going to talk about what they're going to talk about. Yep. Um, And then after that, what is really the next notable important thing for the market to... I
1: think, let me just make sure it's not this week because I was just double checking. No, it is on Friday. Non-farm payrolls and average hourly work week. So... I thought that was on Monday next week. It's on Friday this week. So it's non-farm and pri- uh, non-farm payrolls, private payrolls, and then average hourly work week. That's going to be a very big uh, one as well. I believe they're looking for somewhere around 220,000 on the non-farm payroll side. Um, last time that we had that report, it was a pretty good beat by about 100,000, I think I remember. Um, I think we would want that to be a negative report in order for us to get positive outcome as far as like kind of how today goes. But that's also going to depend on what happens tomorrow. So Friday is kind of still a big variable depending on what happens tomorrow. Tomorrow, But I think what's going to happen tomorrow, like I said, is a 75 basis point hike. I just don't know what he's going to say to give kind of an indication of what might happen in the future, our breadcrumbs.
0: U.S. home price growth continued to relax a year-over-year year basis in September Posted at an 11.4% increase. So it's obviously up, but we're seeing the month-over-month month increases of price slow, which is to be expected. Inventory is up compared to 2019. Still currently down 37.2%. We're at an all-time uh, I'm sorry, an all-year high for inventory right now, which, again, I think that will continue to trend that way into 2023. And it needs to. Year-over-year year, pace of rent increases is slowing down a little bit. So what the Fed is doing, at least in terms of interest rates and the direct correlation it has to the real estate market, is 100% more doing key. its job yeah. and working. And that's where I think you know we'll continue to see more opportunity And correction take place in 2023, depending on when the interest rate hike, you know, pivot starts to really unravel. That'll be interesting to see how that kind of makes its way back into the real estate market and how fast or slow it ramps things back up. But looking at supply and demand and, you know, what we're seeing in certain markets, I don't see there being any major price fluctuations that are gonna spike up again, even when they do that. Um, right. If anything, I still think, and I'm just of the camp, I think 2023 is gonna be a year of some challenge and some struggle for people in general, in their households, with their personal finances and this kind of, you know, lull that we've been in post-pandemic, and all of the workings of the economy and the stock market and real estate and just kind of how crazy and frothy it was for so long. And then the psychology that kind of got tied into that. I think there is going to be some challenging times for a lot of people that um, fortunately, it probably won't be you because you're one of those people that's studying and doing the work and having the right conversations. and so. I think uh, for people like us, you know, those are going to be the individuals that are working on their finances, that are keeping their financial house in order, and ultimately are positioning themselves to take advantage of what markets like this present. So we will continue to keep the updates for you guys before we wrap up. Mr. Breedwell. Yes. What were your thoughts on Elon Musk walking into Twitter headquarters with a sink in his hand? Let that sink in. And just straight wreck and shop. Oh, I love it. I love, I
1: absolutely love it. (laughs) I love to see liberals lose. It makes me so happy. I know that sounds so childish of me, but I don't even care. I love it. (laughs) And the best part is he fired a lot of the executives for cause, which means he does not have to pay them their severance bonuses, which I also love. Um, I love the fact that a lot of liberal people own Teslas. That I also love that, God, I love.
0: Which is kind of funny, right? Because his whole like a lot of the climate, you know, warriors who are all on the EV hype, and obviously Tesla being the number one EV company in the world, and then you know you got a lot of left that love Tesla. And then you got Elon Musk, who has historically been Democrat. Yeah, and, he just re-registered as a right-leaning independent now. This year he did say that because of everything that's been going on on the left, he basically re-registered, as, as you noted, a right-leaning independent. And now he's going into a very liberal left-leaning... Company Chopping heads. And he is leaning a little further right than most people would like. I love it. And so it's just funny, right, how the hypocrisy of all the people that want to cancel individuals and we're doing so on Twitter and we're, you know, complete different narrative now that he's in there doing what he's doing. I'm leaving the platform and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I mean, uh, how the tables have turned. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what the midterms – Turn out to look like everybody keeps saying a red wave. I just have a weird, deep down in my gut feeling that if this isn't a red wave, all I'm saying is something's up.
1: Yeah, I mean, have you seen New York? New York looks pretty crazy.
0: It's pretty big. On the- Lee Zeldin is doing yeah. some doing some damage He's out there. He's made some big moves in the polls recently. Which, if if red, if if New if York, New York red, turns that red. would be insane. God bless America.
1: We may be uh, we may be able to save ourselves. There may be hope. Yeah, the financial headquarters of the United States. Yeah. Whew.
0: Well, let us know what your guys' thoughts. Text us 844-447-1555. We would love to see you guys at one of the events. Don't at forget Napa. to text the word events. If you're not on our deals list yet, and you want to know more about syndication opportunities, passive investments, LP investments, text the word deals to 844-447-1555. Get your free financial x-ray from Ryan and his amazing team. Come on over. Now is the time, guys, to get everything dialed in, all the dominoes lined up. So that way, when you really start seeing some great opportunities, you are in a position to capitalize. That's all we want for you. We want to see you win. We want to see you continue to move the needle forward on your financial freedom journey and know that there's many iterations of what this can look like for you, your family, your future based on what goals you're trying to solve for. So with that being said, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. We'll see you guys in next week's episode. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on, or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to to help you sharpen your axe, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free, so be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, fifteen fifty five. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high-net-worth individuals, Be sure to text WEALTHCAMP one word to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing and to have a whole whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you wanna know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week, Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.